Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition uh, of On The Mic. I am very excited to talk to uh, the CEO of the Human Development Foundation, Pakistan, uh, Mr. Azhar Saleem. Thank you so much for doing this and thank you for joining me, sir. How are you? Absolutely fine. Thank you very much. I'm really grateful to you for having me here. No, of course. It is my absolute pleasure. Um, it's a really bad time uh, for everybody, especially, you know, people who are affected the most uh, by such a travesty. Uh, just explain to me, what does the Human Development Foundation essentially do? How would you describe uh, the foundation and what it does? Uh, actually, uh, Human Development Foundation... Uh, is an organization that was created about two decades ago by Pakistani expatriates there in the U.S. Actually, at that point in time, about 40 years ago, they thought that uh, uh, 30 or 40 years ago that, you know, whatever they were in life, it was because of this land where they were born and brought up and attained that uh, position in life. And now they thought that it was their turn to pay back uh, to the country uh, of their origin. So... With that noble intention, they created Human Development Foundation uh, by opening an office there in Chicago and gave it to Pakistan on its 50th anniversary in 97 as a gift to Pakistan. And primarily uh, the objective was to help all those uh, who were, you know, uh, deprived and were not enjoying all those uh, good facilities that a man should be enjoying. Uh, so with that intention, this organization was created. And then at that point in time, uh, they really got around uh, good people like Dr. Mehboob al-Haq. And uh, they thought that it was his philosophy that they should be following, wherein uh, it said that it is not just one thing. Basically, the, the crux of that philosophy is that it's not just one thing, education and health or whatever. All this has to be put together and then given to people if you really want to make a difference. And uh, in fact, Dr. Mehbubul Haq is the one, and we take pride in that, that with Amit Sen, they're the ones who created that Human Development Index on which now the United Nations, my is the uh, uh, you know human development uh, mm -hmm. situation of various countries. So he's the man you know, who really... He uh, got around and he's the one. And then people like uh, Mr. Adil Najjam, I think you all know, a uh, person like Tariq uh, Banuri, who's now uh, the chairman of the HEC in Pakistan. He's a well-known personality. So these people were contacted. They sat down together and then they created this model of Human Development Foundation. Mm -hmm. And then ever since that time, uh, we are working in Pakistan. We are presented in all the four provinces of Pakistan through eight regions. And uh, we follow a holistic approach wherein uh, we are in health, we are in education, economic development, sustainable environment, and all this is put, you know, is, is backed by a cross-cutting program called social capital development. Right. Uh, we have schools, we have health centers, and all that. And whenever there have been calamities, I think uh, the most relevant thing today is our role. In, in the event of uh, calamities that the Pakistan had to face over time. Uh, back in the year 2000, when there was drought in Balochistan, uh, Pakistan uh, you know, was really in a big problem in those areas. And that is the time when Human Development Foundation went there, uh, you know, started with uh, relief, recovery and all that, giving tents, blankets, uh, food items, non-food. And then we always think of doing something on sustainable basis. So that all happened because of this case to your water. 
and uh, then you know uh, the sustainable solution was to create dams over there so we went there and we created uh, one dam that is called a delhi action dam that was done with our own money and then later on pakistan poverty alleviation fund they came forward and they said okay uh, we'll give you the funds and you make another once so we made another one and we made two smaller check dams so then we made that area as, as a regular program area uh, then came uh, uh, the earthquake of 2005 there again we went in uh, with uh, our programs of relief recovery and then uh, sustainable things that had to be done we created a school there that existed today uh, we opened a health center over there we picked up a thousand households and initially we got them temporary uh, alaska structures all the way from the us and then we you know made them those houses and we and we did all that so we trained them into all those things then similar things were done by us when there were uh, floods in pakistan and uh, there again uh, doing relief and recovery we we picked up four villages and we converted them into uh, model villages where uh, made made schools we we uh, did all that was needed we wanted yeah. every child going to school every person had some access to healthcare facilities some means of livelihood and uh, we created village banks and we are still with them mm -hmm. uh, and now we are also there in this current calamity which is there uh, this covid thing uh, where we are different from most of the other people uh, uh, in the development sector is that wherever we have gone we we have been with them till today uh, it's been 20 years and our objective is to really uh, you know bring them on their feet first and then you know when they they really become uh, self sustaining self sustainable then that is the time we think that we should leave them and uh, so that's how uh, it's all happening uh, uh, if you have any specific questions about our programs yeah. i can tell you very much in detail about them. no definitely i i looked into uh, hdf pakistan and i looked into a lot of the things that you uh, spoke about especially the focus on human development essentially and the hdi i think it's very interesting that the hdi which is an economic indicator which is an indicator of course of human life and human quality of life all of these things are very important uh, it was founded of course by as you said dr mabul mabul haq uh, but it's kind of ironic in the most cruelest way that pakistan's uh, human development itself is kind of not up to par the hdf of course has the holistic model i want to talk to you about that in a second as well i thought it was very interesting the integration of all of the different things that hdf does but before that since we were just talking about calamities and all of that i really want to know with covid-19 um you know there's a lot that hdf is doing but what are some of the things that uh, you've had to in your position uh, see are the most important and perhaps the most uh, things you have to be most careful around right now in this time uh, well uh, the problem is very big and uh, actually the biggest challenge is that people are not realizing uh, uh, you know the importance of uh, why we should be taking all all that care which is very necessary uh, people are not really becoming serious about it that's my observation you see today uh, world over uh, about i think uh, more than 200000 people have been affected and uh, uh, i think more than about 100000 uh, have already uh, you know uh, died mm -hmm. uh, in pakistan uh, also the situation is not very good 
Um, as of today, uh, there are more than 12,000, almost 13,000 people that have gotten infected and uh, something like 269, 270 have already, uh, you know, left this world. Yeah. Uh, so, and uh, uh, the, the only, uh, the biggest problem is that uh, people out here, just because of lack of education, are not realizing uh, 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 the problem in its entirety. And uh, the things that are being told to them about the social distancing and uh, with, that they should not be going at public places and all that. And I'm, I'm sorry to say I, 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 I'm a, a good practicing Muslim, but uh, uh, you see, even uh, uh, the people, the religious uh, leaders kind of stuff, you know, they're also not realizing the problem and they are insisting on people letting you go to the mosque. Uh, whereas uh, if you look at uh, uh, other Muslim countries, they are being very careful. So I think we do need to learn from uh, other countries, uh, those uh, that have been able to really uh, control it in a, in a better way. Uh, things have just started in Pakistan and our fear is that uh, in the days to come, the problem, uh, God forbid, uh, can magnify to a very big extent. And uh, as things are in Pakistan, we do not have um, a very good healthcare system. And uh, our uh, fear is that uh, the things should not be blown up to the extent where it becomes unmanageable by our healthcare system. So if that happens, then uh, it'll be disastrous. Yeah, it'll be absolutely yeah. disastrous. And you know, I mean, uh, I've spoken to, uh, we've spoken to some doctors on this podcast as well, just to get a good frame of reference as to what kind of a problem we're dealing with here. And you know, some of the things I've heard from them are just absolutely terrifying. Um, there are doctors in Italy right now that have to kind of decide who they're letting go of, essentially, because their healthcare system's completely saturated at the point where they cannot possibly afford more patients in the hospital. So they have to kind of choose like, we're sorry, but you know we can't prior it's it's sick it's sick and it's sad uh, and it's twisted but this is the real world and i don't think people realize exactly what somebody's going through until they go through it themselves i think that's a very commonsensical theme that we're noticing here but on the ground in terms of you know how things are happening in you know the villages that you mentioned generally people uh, the way hdf is helping out because i saw there's a lot of uh, things that we'll get to that in a second as well that uh, the hdf is doing right now to help families especially those who are affected the most by this, such as daily workers or daily wagers, pardon me. Um, what is the kind of reality for them? Can you tell us something about the things that people uh, who are affected the most by this might be going through right now? Yes, I think uh, uh, all those people who were dependent on what they uh, they had to earn every day and then go go back home and eat, uh, so they they have been deprived of their uh, daily earning, uh, the, the laborers and the daily wages. They are the people who are the hardest hit. And not only that, <clears throat> excuse me, even the shopkeepers, mm -hmm. uh, you see, uh, sh wherever there have been lock, uh, lockdowns, their shops have been kept closed for many days now. And uh, that's why they are now uh, coming out and requesting the government to let them open the shops. Because whatever savings they had, I think they have by now uh, finished with them now. And uh, they need to earn. Uh, I, I was uh, yesterday, I think, uh, was listening to a, 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 a program where somebody was asking a very old man 
and uh, he said that you know uh, why, they, the, the lady asked why are you out and where are you going he said i'm going to the bazaar because i have to come out and earn for myself i have four wives and i have 26 children uh, 14 boys and 12 girls i have to earn and go and go back and feed them so if i don't come out myself how am i going to do all this well this was a very typical situation where he had Uh, four wives and not uh, that kind of uh, a long list of children but even those uh, average house in pakistan uh, is uh, of about seven people yeah. six to seven people yeah. Yeah. and uh, uh, they mostly they are dependent on their daily wages so they, that is the category which is the hardest hit and uh, some of those who had smaller uh, uh, enterprises and you know shops and stuff so they are uh, the hardest hit all those who do not have sufficient backup support uh, mm-hmm. for a longer period of time they are the sufferers definitely and before we go on uh, into an in more in depth conversation of course about hdf uh, and a lot of things based around social human development uh, within pakistan uh, i just want to take this time right now to quickly say that those of you who are watching first of all thank you for watching uh, second of all you can go and donate uh, to the human development foundation pakistan uh, they are carrying out 15 and 30 day ration packs for families uh, and considering we just heard as well that the average family size in pakistan is 6.7 these uh cater to one family being seven members uh and you can donate uh for 15 days uh ration pack for 50 15000 rupees the link is of course hdfpk.com or you can go check our description all of the links are there we really urge you to donate to the hdf and all any other and all other organizations that are doing work right now to help stop the spread of covid um yeah i just wanted to plug that in really quickly uh sir i have so many questions about the hdf's model and exactly how it works around um you know all of these things uh, that you want to talk about when it comes to human and social development talk to me about the holistic model itself and talk to me about exactly um you know how it's based on five different facets that you've already kind of mentioned which is social capital development education literacy primary healthcare economic development and sustainable environment uh, how do these all sort of come together and what is human development essentially for the human development foundation actually you see basically hum uh, when we say that we develop human beings the idea is to develop them to an extent where they are able to sustain themselves and that is all about i mean if i have to put it in just one sentence you build up their capacity uh, to 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 an extent where they can sustain themselves and uh, you see you give them uh, uh, whatever uh, minimum requirement of education that there is you give them the basic health care you uh, uh, make them uh, you see you empower them to the extent that they have a decent uh, way of living they have a decent way of uh, livelihood uh, they should have access to a basic health care they should have some arrangement to link up with people uh, out uh, there in the world so that, so that they they can learn more and do things in a better way so it's all about uh, uh, you know uh, making their life better than what it is today and uh, so that they 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 stand up on their own feet and if you do all that it's all about human development and the kind of work that we are doing we we call it a power of five and those five programs we we just you know in one sentence say that it is power of five with which we are trying to uh, uh, you know uh, create a situation where they they are empowered enough 
and they are able to do all these things all by themselves with little help now whenever we are working with our uh, our communities uh, we we say that they are our partners in the process of development uh, we are playing role of a catalyst we go there we try and build the, the capacity uh, for instance if we go in in a village uh, today we are uh, 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 actually uh serving more than 2 million people in pakistan but with a holistic model it's just about uh, 30000 household or maybe uh, about 300 uh, villages that are really getting a complete uh, program of our five uh, the power of five so that is something uh, like about uh, 225 or 30000 people who are benefiting from all of these programs but then with the partners and other stuff we are we are doing various other things so all told the the total yeah. number of beneficiaries are uh, over 2 million uh, you know uh, and 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 in about 26 in about uh, 30 40 uh, districts this holistic model that we are doing it's it's in about uh, eight districts in represented in all the four provinces of pakistan and also in azad kashmir azad kashmir yeah. 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 and, and so uh, uh, so you know this is how we are trying to do for example we have schools we have uh, all types of schools with non formal formal and uh, uh, when we say formal schools uh, we there we go and make our own buildings uh, where we cannot buy a, uh, make a building we hire a building and uh, uh, so for boys our education program is up to primary level and for girls it is up to 10th grade that is matric level and i always uh, um, you know uh, it gives me a lot of satisfaction when i say that uh, some of our girls and places like uh, rainyar khan girls have even topped in the board so uh, we uh, want to give them quality education actually we had started off with the non formal schooling system and then down the line we realized that uh, that was you know uh, uh, a multi grade uh, uh, kind of uh, system where the community had to give a place and we gave a teacher and you know uh, they they would the multi grade all grades would sit at one place and get that uh, education that mm-hmm. we had to give them and it was not really giving them quality of education yeah so that is how we tried to cluster those uh, non formal schools and we made a program in which we started making our own building and we started shifting those clusters into those buildings so for boys it is up to uh, fifth grade because mm-hmm. they we think that they get big enough to go to the next village or maybe a little far away yeah. to continue with their education system but it's the girls yeah. who are yeah. not allowed because of the taboos that and the problems uh, the social problems that we have uh, in our country so for girls uh, so that is why uh, we have more girls uh, uh, in our schools uh, about uh, about uh, 52% uh, are girls yeah. and 48% yeah. are boys in our schools yeah and i think it's a very good uh, way of dealing with a very deeply embedded a uh, problem within i think every society which is uh, patriarchy essentially and how unequally or you know like how much unequal opportunity exists for women uh in comparison to men and how much women essentially are uh behind in terms of just you know 
इफ यू लुक एट दिस डिस्कोर्सेज अब्रॉड बाहर जो लोग बात करते हैं इट्स मोर अबाउट यू नो इक्वल पे इन द वर्क प्लेस एंड यू नो डिफरेंट काइंड ऑफ प्रायोरिटीज ऑफ द सेम प्रिंसिपल हेयर इट्स अ कम्प्लीटली डिफरेंट बॉल गेम राइट बिकॉज थिंग्स फ्राम इट्स नॉट इवन जस्ट अबाउट इक्वल पे इट्स अबाउट यू नो हैविंग physical uh, space a public space occupying it that's a challenge for women uh, and then you know maternal and uh, you know uh, maternal health is another very big problem in pakistan uh, healthcare for women in generally is not just not there it's also very taboo and i feel like the hdf really does have a focus towards these things when i looked at the holistic model you know in front of education and literacy it says education for all i'm coming over to other other things yeah. Uh, yeah. the next is our health program now basically it is a primary level of healthcare that we are extending and it's primarily preventive healthcare but with with little bit of curative health services what we have done is that in all those eight regions that we have we have made our own small buildings uh, we call them community health centers and they form the hub of our healthcare activities and uh, our focus of course is on the health of mother and child because they are the uh, hardest hit category out here in pakistan so our focus is there uh, but uh, in our clinics uh, people can come and get uh, even everybody can come and get uh, our, our help uh, and in there we have very recently and i really want to make a special mention about that program that we have started it, it is called uh, umeed se aage it is based on 1000 days of a child's life i mean the day a child uh, a conception takes place in the mother's womb from that day till the second birthday Uh, of the child it, it's uh, it's about 1000 days and uh, uh, there is a lot that needs to be done uh, for the mother and child during all those 1000 days and uh, so we that's how we we called it umeed se aage we we you know uh, what does it mean out here in urdu so we gave that name to this program here uh, uh, we are collaborating with the government the planning and development department of the government is with us nutrition international is with us uh, we have uh, uh, floated this program we've started it and we really want uh, the people to join us in this uh, it, it's all about uh, bringing about awareness in people because uh, uh, mothers are generally neglected in our society uh, people really do not understand that when a woman gets pregnant uh, she needs special care uh, uh, you know not not only the checkups that should be done at a regular basis the antenatal checkups and postnatal checkups and stuff but uh, you really have to take care of their nutritional needs because if you do not give proper nutrition to the mother Uh, you'll uh, have stunted babies uh, they they you get you get you get deformed babies and uh, they there are a lot of impairments and uh, then when those babies are born they really cannot uh, become uh, they, they cannot really uh, uh, go to school and learn a normal child the way the normal uh, a normal child should be learning mm. so uh, they are <coughs> suffering from many impairments because of the lack of the basic nutrition that they needed uh, right in the womb and then when they are born uh, you see first month in their life and one year in their in the life of a child is the most crucial period that that must be uh, really given a lot of emphasis to so uh, so that's uh, about uh, health then in economic develop- development uh, we in fact initially uh, started off with uh, giving them uh, 
micro loans, uh, like the way many people do it. Yeah. And then we uh, wanted to, we, we started giving them skills so that they, uh, you know, they are trained to have their own livelihood and stuff. But then down the line, we realized that uh, uh, this uh, uh, microcredit was really not uh, doing all that good to the extent that we wanted it to do. So then we tried many other things. We tried to do joint ventures with them. Uh, very good models were created by us. For example, I'll, I'll just give you one smallest example. We did it with individuals and our focus was on, on women. So this one program that I just would like you to uh, know, I, I, we made a program called, uh, uh, this was a joint venture with individuals. And basically it was with a group of uh, four or five ladies. Uh, they, you know, they become kind of uh, collateral for each other. And what we would do is that we buy, we would buy them. Uh, we, we have a, a contract made. Uh, on a stamp paper and we give them a carve let's say uh, for about 30,000 rupees they raise it and then near the Eid or whatever a time that they think the, it's ripe enough for them to sell that carve that becomes uh, big enough to be sold so they sell it for 90,000 uh, or sometimes even 100,000 rupees so we want to alleviate their poverty so the system is that they return our uh, principal and the profit is divided into three parts. They take two parts because it's them. We want them to come out of the poverty and they give one part to us so that, and we don't need that money for ourselves. We want that pool that we have created for these people should grow so that this time, if we have been able to support uh, all 20 people next time, we should be able to support uh, 21 or 22 people. So, mm -hmm. uh, so that is how uh, we, we still are giving them skills in various uh, ways we have even created uh, uh, vocational training centers mm -hmm. uh, registered vocational training centers where we are trying to give them uh, the trainings of uh, electrician uh, mobile repairs uh, and things like that uh, yeah. so uh, computer training and stuff so yeah. uh, so this is about uh, uh, economic development sustainable development it's uh, all about giving them clean drinking water and better sanitation, uh, a better way of uh, solid waste disposal. And in that, uh, we've given them thousands of uh, hand pumps. We've given them tube wells we have, uh, for conserving water. Uh, we've done water channel linings. I talked about uh, we've made dams. Uh, we have uh, at this time installed more than 60 water purification plants all over the country. And those plants are really good. And most of them are operated on solar. Uh, quite a few uh, where we have brackish water uh, are uh, clearing that water with that reverse osmosis, osmosis system. So about 60 of them all over we have uh, uh, given them. Uh, in, in, in the villages that we recreated, uh, those uh, were destroyed by the floods. There, there was one village uh, and that we didn't have electricity, so that complete village uh, has been provided with solar energy. And every wow. house now uh, has, uh, 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 you know, solar energy, solar bulbs, and a fan that they can put on with that energy. Yeah. So these are the, some of the things that we've uh, done. That's amazing. And I think when I saw the, you know, holistic model and when I read about it, and then now that you've, you know, kind of grounded it so well into how it is practically manifesting itself. One thing I'm very interested about is these villages that you talk about, the ones that you recovered, right? Um, 
tell me a little bit about these villages and tell me like you know because the here's the thing i'm sure there needs to be a very large level of outreach where you're able to you know uh talk to these uh you know reach out to these communities and make them come on board with everything and then be able to you know uh further push the holistic model so that it can be implemented within the region um what is some of the most interesting things you've noticed about these villages and communities that you guys are trying to recover with your uh foundation right i'll i think first of all explain to you how we do it and the fifth program that i had mentioned uh, that social mobilization or social capital development actually people call it social mobilization so we have given it a next uh, level calling it social capital development here what we do is that you know we have social organizers who are all specialists uh, masters or mphil in in social sciences so they go uh, out there in those villages and they create uh, institutions at that level called village development organizations and so initially we started with making development organizations collecting like minded people making them into groups so today our major work is being done through those village development organizations now at that level it's not just that we make that organization we train them our people uh, you know have a very close uh, as i said earlier they are uh, uh, partners with us in the process of development so there you have a president you have a, a secretary you have a finance or an account secretary all elected from within the community and then there there are representatives in every from every community there is a representative from every street or in every mohalla there are representative uh, you know in that committee that is formed then we have various committees Uh, there is a health committee there is an organization committee uh, uh, there, there, there is a health committee uh, uh, and we get all this work done through those committees now even this even this uh, uh, covid thing uh, you know the, the the program the awareness that we are spreading we have printed out thousands of those uh, uh, handbills and stuff where we have written all that uh, uh, things that they, sh- they should be doing washing hands and distances social distancing and all that which is supposed to be told to them is given out there on the on those flyers so we have gone to that those uh, villages we have those setups so they have made sure that those things are de- delivered to each and every house and then we also take along with us uh, the malvis the mullahs with us and uh, uh, you see when we started our work there was a lot of resistance uh, because uh, 20 years from now people had a very wrong impression about ngos people thought that you know uh, they are there with some kind of agenda and but we had a lot of problems working in places like zob so zob is one of our uh, uh, program area Uh, if i were to tell you about uh, about program it is so that you can get an idea in kpk we are in mardan and sawad in uh, uh, punjab we are in lahore and rahim yar khan we also uh, are there in multan uh, in sindh we are in karachi tano mohammed khan and we also done a uh, project there in uh, jamshoro and in balochistan we are there uh, in zob area Uh, in azad kashmir we are in uh, muzaffarabad there is a place called bugna and there is a complex of villages uh, around main village bugna where we are working so uh, this is this is our spread the all these places have their own setups we have their we have our own offices there and uh, there are 
regional heads, regional program managers that are functioning over there and our national offices here in Islamabad. So, uh, so you see, there is a complete system that works right from top till the bottom. Our people go, they fan out and then they interact with those uh, uh, institutions that we have created at village level. Now, beyond that, we have clustered those villages and uh, we now we want to make them like a supra organization. Initially, we had aligned them with, uh, uh, with the union councils. But now, uh, geographically, we are trying to make cluster them uh, into uh, uh, about 80 or 90 clusters. We feel that individually, there are certain things that they are able to do within the village. But then there are certain things where two or three or more villages need to combine together to do things at a little bigger level. So we are trying to do you know, that kind of uh, uh, stuff where people can jointly do things starting from a village to a cluster to union council. And our objective is to have model villages. And our intention right from day one has been to create models, replicable models, so that you know it's we cannot change the whole of Pakistan. Uh, we can create models. And then our intention is that people should just come, come up, see those models and replicate them. We've always been requesting the government also to uh, you know, come along with us. And even in this program this, uh, that I talked about, the government is joining hands with us and we are very uh, close to uh, uh, you know, helping them out and uh, uh, making their BHUs a little enhanced. With, yeah. with the yeah. things that we have done in our health centers, so we are joining hands with them to you know combine our expertise with their expertise. Not that they are not doing good things; they are doing very good things. But when you know two things are put together, two systems are put together, then the outcome is better. So we are all looking forward to that. So this is how we create that system, linking from top till the bottom, and you create that chain. And it's only then that you you can you know make a difference. Yeah, this is uh, this is mind blowing stuff for me personally, if you don't mind me saying, because I uh, you know I started an NGO with my friends um, like four three four years ago. We were all under undergraduate students, and we were having a cup of tea, and we just you know one of our friends said it's my dream to start an NGO, and I said why is it your dream? Because you know we can just and I didn't you know now and, and our approach was like uh, you know going to schools and helping them and like teaching there um and i you know and then there's organizations like the hdf which is uh, literally creating entire villages uh, that should be replicated and it's always you know the the models always should be based on you know a similar kind of approach where you try something whatever works whatever doesn't you essentially try to better it and it's 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 a trial and error kind of process even in these villages isn't it you're trying you're learning everything as days are going by and now you see, it's uh, it's not that we are we have now we have now picked up about five thousand households, uh, and we're going to give them rations for another three months. Uh, we've already given them to about three uh, thousand uh, of them, and we are in the process of giving those rations that you've already mentioned. But it's not we're not stopping there. Mm-hmm. We are, at the same time we have created more than six hundred uh, kitchen gardens with them, because it's it's not enough to to be giving so that we are giving them rations for three months what then what next 
So we want them to become sustainable. They are growing kitchen gardens and we are telling them how to make good kitchen gardens and what are those things that should be grown, which should be able to give them good nourishment. We have proper nutritionists in our organization, you know, and they are the ones who uh, make all those packages. Mm -hmm. uh, even the packages that we are distributing have been designed by our nutritionists. Uh, they have that sufficient nutrition value that uh, a household needs for a day and of course, the all told for a month that we are distributing. So uh, the, the, this process of kitchen gardening and uh, stuff, uh, we believe that, uh, you see, we are trying, this has been a calamity. And uh, like uh, the other calamities, we feel that now we have to avail this opportunity to bring about this awareness and convert it into an opportunity wherein they, uh, you know, they are shaken up and uh, they realize and uh, not that we always keep giving them the handouts they should be able to understand okay now we are getting stuff from uh, from people uh, from other ngos from the government but it's not uh, this this is not going to uh, uh, you know go on for all all all, all life for them this, they they'll have to really uh, come up with their own stuff they have to be empowered enough stand up on their own feet and do things on their own. So that is what we are working towards. We are trying to empower them to to be able to do all that by all themselves. Yeah. And I think that's a I think that's a better goal than um, you know a lot of what it, because the the focus should be to help people who can't help themselves be able to help themselves so that they can sustain themselves in a very uh, sustainable manner, uh, essentially, so that they can be able to provide and fend for themselves in these situations uh, where, you know, nobody else might be able to doing so. Uh, this podcast that we do, we also cover, you know, two other sports, which is uh, mixed martial arts and football. Both of them are just an example of, you know, how bad the self-actualization process in this country is. It's that if a person is trying to be a martial artist here, he's getting kicked in the head he or she is getting kicked in the head he or she is getting beaten up daily he or she is training daily just to become an athlete something that they want to become but they can't become that in this country uh because of so many obstacles put in front of their way and i think it's organizations like the hdf and the work that you guys are doing uh which should be applauded because you aren't just going and giving them things you are essentially helping them be able to sustain themselves and i think that's a very very good agenda to set out we have some good about 600 people in our organization uh, that are doing all this. Uh, it's, it's a yeah. well-organized, very well-structured organization. Mashallah. Yeah. Definitely sounds like it because to be able to break down, you know, uh, from the basic village level to making councils and, you know, subordinating all of that must be a very... Uh, our objective is to create border districts. That's, that's what we're looking forward to. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, uh, as a sub, it's been an absolute pleasure hearing from you. It's been a learning experience for me. Like I said, I'm I'm trying to get into the development sector myself personally. So this has been a really big help listening to you and hearing you out. Uh, we do podcasts about all, pretty much every anything Pakistani. Uh, so this is really cool for us to do this as well. And once COVID is over, sir, it would be an absolute honor if you could visit the studio and we can have a more lengthier, more detailed, in-depth chat about all things you know uh, hdf and all things pakistan it'll be our player it'll be our player you uh, you know take out some time whenever you are here come visit us uh, yeah. and i think we we are always there to join hands with anybody who wants to do any good thing anywhere in the world 
definitely and i think this has been a really really fun uh and very informative experience for me uh we'll definitely link up with you and thank you so much once again for doing this thank you thank you very much for having me with you uh, for all this time and uh, it's been a good experience for me as well definitely ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for watching as always all of the relevant descriptions for hdf pakistan and on the mic are in the description to so go check it out right now uh support organizations like hdf and if not just support them know exactly what they're doing so that you may be able to help them as, uh, help the the organizations yourselves because essentially one of the most important things that uh is you know important for us to understand is for us to be self aware and to take action ourselves and help those around you uh so please go check out hdf and as always subscribe to the youtube channel follow us on instagram like us on facebook do all of that and from me and from azhar saab i'm saying thank you and keep it tight